Welcome back to another episode of A Talk with Traders. Today we have another fascinating individual we get to talk with in Megan Marlowe. Now Megan is a professional chef um, who specializes in vegetable-based menus. She's widely sought after as a consultant for restaurants as well as running her own catering business. She's also been on an episode of Chopped, so she's absolutely no stranger to the pressures of being in the spotlight and having to perform. And uh, she's translated sort of that experience and, and the desire to always test herself to her trading. And it's a great conversation. It's really interesting to sort of hear her background and how she applies all that she's learned to her trading journey. So join me today as we talk with Megan. All right, today I'd like to welcome Megan to the podcast. Welcome to A Talk with Traders, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so happy to have you here. You have been fantastically active in the chat room. And, um, and you know, I sort of feel like I've been able to watch you progress as a trader as well, gain confidence and and uh, and be able to sort of sort of learn your trading uh, craft, if you will, over the last little while. But we'll get to that in a minute. Why don't we start a little bit about you? Can you give me some background about yourself and for all of our listeners out there who might not know you? Sure, absolutely. So um, I live in Los Angeles and um, I've been trading for a little over like about a year and a half maybe, so not a very long time. Um, I have been a chef and ran my own business for the past eight years. Mm -hmm. um, so I do plant-based cooking and I was getting ready to open a restaurant um, right before COVID hit. And so we were right. like eight months into development and then COVID happened. And I, I was just like, well, now I got to do something with my time or I'm just going to be bored. Right. So, um, that's when I really like dove into trading, but yeah, I mean, I've been a chef for a long time, so this is like a whole new world to me. Um, but my motto in life is anything can be learned. So I really wanted to like, see if I could figure this out and, and, you know, either make a living out of it or have a fun, like side thing that I can do. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about my background. Sure. And, and have you made a decision whether you're making a living or it's a side hustle yet? I think it's going to be making a living. Okay. I, you know, I've definitely progressed, like you said, and there was a moment even before the pandemic hit where I was walking to, into a client site, um, someone that I was consulting for, and I just remember I had this like thought as I was walking in and I thought to myself, just because you're good at something or decent at something doesn't mean that it has to be what you make a living out of. Mm. So like I can cook and I've taught myself to cook and I've, you know, I've been, you know, a chef for a while now. And just because I can do it and I'm good at it, I just realized that doesn't have to be my life. That doesn't have to be the, the job that I do. Um, because it is exhausting. You, you work weird hours. Sometimes you're not, you don't get to see your family very often. And I mean, when I'm, you know, 65, am I going to be able to be in a kitchen, like without breaking my back? So right. I started to like, really think about, is this where I want my life to be going? Um, and I started to sort of transition it into more consulting to just kind of like get the, the brunt of the, the labor pains off of my back. Um, and just kind of get out of the kitchen a little bit. But 
but yeah, I think just that thought of like, you, like you can be good at something, but not have to have that be what like supports you financially. Um, and trading something I've always been interested in. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I, you know, I have a wife who has a really great job and she supports, she supports me in all of this. And so I'm able to take the time to learn it. And I, I, I would like to see it be the, you know, the bread and butter of my career, just because I can do it until I'm like 95, 100, however long <laughs> I live, right? Like, without like worrying about, oh my God, like I can't stand on my feet today. And like, and yeah. I'm a very active person. Like I love doing extreme sports and things like that. So, you know, there was a time where I was in a Spartan race and I sprained my ankle and I had to go um, do a dinner party that I had been hired for, for like 50 people. And I was doing it on crutches in a boot. I was like hopping around the kitchen with like a knife in my hand and like a bowl in the other hand. And I'm like hopping along. And I just like, I want to be able to do those things and not fear like getting injured for the sake of my job. Like right. if I hurt my legs, it's really hard for me to work. So I really wanted to find something where I could focus, I could make a living, I could have a little bit more free time. I wouldn't be so exhausted and, and I could do the things that I love without, you know, fear of not being able to work because of them. Well, ho hopefully the only injuries you have to worry about in trading are maybe a mouse hand and, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> maybe a little eye strain from the monitor. And of course the, yeah. the, the, the pain to your account when you have one of those bad days, but Mm. That's, that's about it. So now you, you uh, as, as a chef, because I'm fascinated by this, as a chef, you were uh, focused on uh, vegan dishes, right? That was sort of your area of specialty. Yeah, yeah, plant-based cuisine. So when I first started, because um, I... I grew up overweight as the kid. And when I was like 23, I had this epiphany where I was just going to change my life and I was going to sign up for a marathon and I was just going to run the marathon. And like, I had never ran a day to like day in my life. Like I couldn't, I couldn't run if like I was being chased by a zombie, I would just be dead. <laughs> right. So um, I had this like whole like life overhaul. Um, and while I was training, like plant-based food is like what I realized made me train better. Okay. And so I started to change my diet into that. And as I became a chef, I would cook meat for clients. And then um, it just slowly progressed to like only cooking the things that I was eating. Um, and it's like, it's a very niche market. Like there's not a lot of people that do it. So I get some really fun consulting, like contractor gigs where I help develop menus for restaurants and stuff with plant-based items and, um, and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, that's my main focus for sure. Fantastic. Well, look, I mean, obviously you're not afraid to reinvent yourself. As you said, you know, you sort of went on that journey with the, um, uh, with the marathon and, and then to plant-based cooking and, you know, you're, you're, you're being pretty modest about it. But the other thing, I mean, I, I know I was excited when I, when of course we not only learned that you were a chef, I'm like, that's really cool. And then everybody's of course, and you know that she's famous too. <laughs> right <laughs> and i'm sure you don't think of yourself as famous but it's one of those no. where as soon as you get onto a tv show you sort of get famous so you were on an episode of chopped. of chopped yeah. right so yeah. it, and it was a plant-based food I, I guess episode right where and you were on chopped yeah yeah it was like they gave baskets for um they get the the ingredients that they gave you they were all plant-based but any of the other chefs could use stuff from the pantry or the fridge that were you know animal based so there was like right. cheese and meats and all kinds of stuff so um 
with a basket of ingredients that that we all got was all plant based. So it was it was interesting. It was a it was a fun experience. It was. I don't think I'd ever do it again. <laughs> now, and I've got to say, like, I, I, I had the opportunity to watch the episode because actually I think you sent it to me. But it was great because I was like asking for it and I couldn't find it anywhere. Anyways, you sent me a copy, <laughs> which was cool. But so but it seemed like incredibly stressful. So what's more stressful, doing that episode or trading? Doing that episode. Like, yeah, OK, I feel Good. like in my life I have set the bar so high for like stress that this has been so nice like right. i've done the craziest things where i've worked 117 hours straight wow. like and with like maybe a 20 minute i took a 20 minute nap in the car having my assistant drive me from a site back to another site just so i could get a little bit of shut eye so like i've done that i did a you know Spartan race on a sprained ankle, like I did chopped, which is just insane. So I just, I do these extreme things and, and there's something interesting about doing, you know, extreme things in your life, whether it's something as like simple and small as taking a cold shower or something as extreme as being on chopped, because those things set the bar for like the type of, the amount of stress that you can handle. And I think that I've set so much, had so much of it in my life that this has actually been really nice for me. Well, that's good. You know, you're making me think. I, I, I've never thought to ask a lot of our traders that we work with how many of them have done extreme events. Like, I wonder if that leads to the personality because I, I've done a lot of uh, Spartan races. Uh, love doing those as well. I decided like two years ago I was retiring from them because I would do like the the longer distances and they're tough, right? You're, you're doing like yeah. I mean, I, I do it in kilometers, but you, you do like 20 kilometers plus obstacles. And, and the rope, of course, was my nemesis getting up that damn rope. <laughs> Actually, getting up was never a problem. Getting down without hurting myself was the issue because I would <laughs> I'd be so tired from getting up that I'd get rope burn just sliding down that thing. Anyways, but that's a different problem. So I'll have to do I'll have to check that out and see if there's a correlation between, you know, the, the interest in extreme events, whatever they may be, because like Norm, who's in our chat room, he, he was um, uh, a parachutist, right? He's done like a thousand oh, wow. jumps. So, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, there you go. So yeah, like we have people that have done a lot of stuff like that. So you're, you're in good company anyways. So well, maybe you should do one of your famous polls this coming week. I, I, I'll have to do that. We'll do one of our polls and see what we get out of it. So obviously the, the, it sounds like, like a lot of people, right? The pandemic sort of led you to you know, an inflection point where you had to make a choice. And, and, and you said, look, I've always liked trading. It might be an opportunity to take it up. Um, you said a year and a half ago, so that you must have been thinking about it a little bit before all of the, this stuff hit with COVID then. It was just the opportunity yeah. to, to do it once COVID came in full effect? Yeah, I had some downtime with my business um, okay. the year prior to COVID. I had a couple months where I was in between um, consulting contracts and right. I was just looking for something to do. So that's when I first started. Um, mm. And I also like, if I if you want to talk about my very, very first thing is I bought Square when it IPO'd at $9. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so that's like, that was like the first trading thing I ever did like years ago. And I, I would check on it all the time and I was always super interested in the markets and like I was just so fascinated by it. And then when I had the downtime. Do you still have um, it? You don't no, have sadly. it. Right? Yeah, see that's. Yeah. I think I sold it at like $65 and now it's like 
230 or something. I need well, to hey, my, my business. Nine to 65. That's not bad. That works. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd always been kind of interested. And then the year prior to the pandemic, I had a couple months of downtime. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dive in and I'm just going to learn. Um, it was the, around the time that Beyond Meat IPO'd. Mm. And obviously I'm plant-based. So I was like, I'm going to like kind of learn this around the same time as this is happening. Mm. Um, so I bought Beyond when it IPO'd. And then I got really into like figuring out just the whole system of trading and platforms and all of that stuff. And um and then business picked up again. I got a new contract for a new restaurant and um, and then obviously the pandemic happened. So then I was like able to go back into it. So I think there was like maybe 10 months of time between when I first started and then when the pandemic hit and I went back into it. Um, and that's, yeah, it's kind of like the timeline of it for me. Right. So how do, doing that while you were balancing, you know, consulting and the work that you were doing, how did you go about teaching yourself? What did you do? Uh, mostly in the, in the mornings, like, okay. I mean, Andrew's book was the first book I read, which I'm pretty sure is like everybody in the BBT community. That's like the first, one of the first books they've ever read. Yeah. Um, but, and, and it was just so easy to understand. So I, I, uh, I read that and I would get up in the morning and I would watch the pre-market show cause I wasn't okay. a member of the community yet. So I watched the pre-market show and the rest of it was just like figuring out the platform and playing around. And then, you know, my consulting stuff definitely doesn't happen at 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast. So right. it, that definitely gives me an advantage to being able to juggle different things. Even now I get consulting things and I'm able to go do them at like one my time. And I basically traded the whole day. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm lucky with the timeline that helps me helps me juggle both things. Right. And so you, you mentioned you started with, uh, well, Beyond Meat was a was a, an area of interest and that sort of got mm -hmm. you engaged in it. So did you start with that deciding that you were going to buy and hold like an investor or did you start with more of a short term mentality? What what's your what, what sort of style did you evolve to? Yeah, with Beyond, it was a buy and hold, okay. but it was my second buy and hold because right. of Square being and the Square, first one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when I was like, I just enjoyed it so much that I was like, I want to be able to do this more often, okay. like on the daily basis. So day trading, obviously. Um, right. So yeah, that was a buy and hold. I still have beyond. Um, and then that it just got, it kind of sparked my interest to be wanting to do it more often, like getting in and out and like having that liquid cash basically, hmm. um, rather than having something locked up for a long time. Right. And so what's your style now? Like you, you obviously trade much more than just those. Um, are you, are you now sort of a full day trader? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I'm up at five. I do all my pre market stuff then. Um, and I usually trade until about like eight thirty my time. So what's that? 1130 East Coast time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I take a little bit of a break and then I come back and I might trade in the afternoons, but I've been focusing a lot lately on like continued education and just continued learning and putting together playbooks. And I do, um, uh, tape, like I watch, I watch the recording. So I record my screen in the morning and then in the afternoon I go back and I replay it like an athlete watching a game and rewatch everything that I did and figure out how I can do better the next time. Um, 
So I don't trade, I wouldn't say I trade the entire day anymore. I used to, because I was just trying to figure everything out. Right. Like when you're, when you're new, you just need to be like in there, like just thrown into the fire and just (laughs) taking in all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. Absorbing Um, everything. Exactly. Exactly. And now I feel like I'm at a place where obviously I'm still absorbing and I'm still learning a lot, but I'm at a place of like trying to fine tune my strategy and my style and just being able to take the time to like rewatch everything and, and read things and, you know, things like that. So I'd say that I probably at the most maybe trade four, five hours of the day. Um, and then the rest is, you know, building playbooks and going over my trades and things like that. Fantastic. So uh, you've given us some details. Why don't you step me through sort of a day in your typical trading life? You say you start at sort of 530. So it'd be about 830 market time. So about an hour before the market opens. How do you pick your stocks? Um, I I definitely listen to the pre-market show on BBT. um, See kind of what everybody else is is looking at. I also um, usually read through CNBC uh, pre-market movers um, and see, you know, what's gapping up, what's gapping down, what the, you know, what the catalysts are for all of these things. Um, I look at briefing.com because they usually have some things as well. Um, I'll look at Bloomberg. So I do a lot of news outlet research in the morning while I'm listening to the pre-market show. And typically if something pops up on the BBT scanner, that's like gapping up and, and the BBT mods are talking about, and I've seen it on one of my other news outlets and I was already kind of interested in it, then it becomes like, more of a top priority for me because okay. um, I've I've found it on my own and then I've been like confirmed by the BBT community. Um, and that's how and you so typically that's... pick your stocks is sort of that correlation of it's in the news and people are talking about it type. Yeah, I, okay. I definitely do, do. I'm like a cat, definitely a catalyst trader. Um, okay. And the other thing is obviously then it comes down to technicals. So I'm looking at, is it about to break out of a high volume day? Um, like from the past, like the range that it has set is about ready to break out or into where that high volume day was. Um, those are ones that I'm like usually really interested in it. And then if there's, you know, something about like if it's breaking out of a downtrend or, um, an uptrend, things like that. So yeah, so I pick it based on news and BBT. Um, and then it comes down to, you know, chart technicals. And is it something that I'm actually interested in? And then, um, and then I trade off of that. Right. Now, from a technical perspective, are there any specific indicators that you like to use? Because we have a lot of different people that use different methods in, in our room and, of course, across the markets. What's what's your favorite sort of indicator? Moving averages, pivot levels, VWAP, all the above? Uh, so I think, you know, I've gone through a lot over the course of the you know past year or so. And I went from, like, using Fibonacci all the time. Right. Um, which I actually don't even use anymore. And people are always asking me about it. And I'm like, yeah. I don't really use it anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, because that's like, you know, the beginning of like your trading journey, you're looking at, you know, MACD, RSI, or you're just like, what works for me? Right. Um, and every once in a while, you know, I'll look at RSI or MACD or something, but it's not my sole indicator anymore. Where I'm at right now is strictly tape, L2, and levels. So, okay. um, you know, I heard you know, um, Mike Belfiore say one time in a video or in his book, I think that uh, you could take away all of his charts and he could trade off of tape and L2 alone and levels. And I just found that so fascinating that I was like, let's see if that's, if that's the thing, like, you know, and because 
candlesticks and things like that are lagging indicators. Trying to understand tape, you know, as a leading indicator just seemed like the right move for me. Like I wanted to know what was going to happen. Like what are, what, right. where are we going? Um, and it's hard. It's very, very hard to, sure. to, to learn and read it. It takes a lot of just staring at it. But right now I'd say, yeah, tape, L2 and uh, levels are my number one. Wow. So, I mean, the, the, to me, those are hallmarks of a true day trader because you're really focused on the immediate. But that's a good thing. Oh, we're, we're taking a drink. Sorry, I better do that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta stay hydrated. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with a good little drink while we're having a conversation. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, those those, uh, those indicators, I think, are ones that you're right. They're tough. They're tough to learn, like level two. A lot of people talk about it, but it's tough to get good information, I found as well, about exactly how it works because it's interpretive, I believe, and it's very subjective. Have you found any resource that specifically helped you read level two, or is it something you learn just from watching? Just from watching and, yeah. and, and watching a lot of YouTube videos where trader other traders go through their trades and talk through what they saw or what they okay. were looking for. Um, that's been really helpful. Um, so that then when I see something and then if I see someone else see something right. that's similar to me, I'm like, okay, we saw the same thing. And like, that makes sense to me. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's just been a lot of, I mean, it's been a lot of staring at it and a lot of like trial and error. Like, okay, I think this is, this is what this signal is. And then it doesn't work, but the next time it does. And it's just really like breaking it down and fine tuning it. Um, but yeah, there, you're right. There's not, there's not a ton of information on it because, you know, like everybody says, you know, Thor says it all the time, you know, it's an art. It's, um, yeah. it really is an art and the way I interpret the tape might not be the way someone else interprets the tape. Um, so it's really, it's just, you know, figuring out what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I do honestly believe trading is that intersection of art and science, like a lot of things. You know, we think the medical profession is all science based. And certainly there's a lot of, you know, we've put a lot of measures and scientific activity into it. But if you ever talk to a doctor about how they diagnose and how they figure out what's going on, there's as much art as there is science to it because it, it's experiential. It's about, right. you know putting together all of the academic learning, but then applying it to the real world, which in the markets are, you know, it's a different day every day, right? I mean, what, what you see and what works today might not work tomorrow. Totally. Uh, and, and, and the biggest thing is, you know, time and experience, like right. just the same as like, you know, with being a doctor and experimenting in science and all that stuff, like you're not going to, obviously didn't find the cure for COVID overnight. Like, <laughs> so I don't know how anyone expects to become a millionaire overnight with trading. Right. Like, there's so like screen time is so important. That, well, you're not going to get an argument for me that I would agree. <laughs> Number one thing. No screen time, guys, if you're listening, you know, that make sure that you spend the time in front of the screen and just absorb the information and, and sort of come to your own conclusions because you've got to be able to process and analyze that such that you can then make smart decisions off of it. Um, and, and it's yeah. tougher. It's, you know, if it was easy, then those courses they're selling you online for the whatever thousands of dollars would actually work, <laughs> right? <laughs> if yeah. it was easy, everybody would do it. 
<laughs> exactly. Just like weight loss pills. If those were actually, if those actually worked, everybody would do it. Exactly. So, well, good. Well, you found a method that seems to be working for you, and um, and that's and that's great. Now, it sounds like you also came to it through a lot of trial and error, right? Going through Fibonacci mm -hmm. and other other indicators, you've settled on something that works for you now. But you've also had the opportunity then so far to be through a couple of market cycles. I mean, we're still in this market that will not stop. I mean, we hit it, it's a Friday today. We just hit new all time record highs on the on the S&P 500. It, this market just will not stop. But we've had some pullbacks and some changes in, in sort of market feel, I would say, and, and market reaction over the last few months. Um, how have you adapted to that? Have you found that you, you know, uh, does that tend to throw you for your loop and you have to reset or are you finding that you're able to adapt easily when the market changes? Um, you know, it does throw me for a little bit of a loop because um, you get so, you know, I don't want to say biased, but you get so used to something right. like, you know, for so long, it was just like, buy it it's going up <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh the old two-finger trading right i just buy here and i sell here and it all works <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah i mean it definitely is a, it's an adjustment and um it, but it excites it excites me and it, this is one of the things that really excites me about trading is that it is ever-changing mm. and because i get bored so easily like you can teach me how to chop a carrot and i'm like okay cool what's next like you know <laughs> but with trading it's like every day is a new day and every day is a clean slate so you don't have to drag yesterday into today you get to start fresh every day but every day is also such a huge learning opportunity because it's different every single day like you have, it's not like i'm cooking the same meal every single day like i would you know in a kitchen it's it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game and um i think that's what's really great about it um and the, you know, the market's changing the way that they do in these different cycles is just, I think it's awesome. Like it's hard, but like, I love hard things. Like I don't want to be bored. Like give me a challenge. I want to do it. There's always a new market recipe to discover, isn't there? So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I found that the people that are most successful in trading, I've had a chance to do a lot of these podcast interviews, and uh, they always tend to make analogies back to their experience, no matter what it is. Whether you come from being a chef or a general contractor or, you know, you're a stylist or, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people with amazingly varied careers and backgrounds and they always seem to manage to tie their past experience into their trading in one way or another in a way that makes sense to them. And I think that's fantastic. You made me think of it when you, you talked about cutting a carrot and, you know, like, but, but it's good because it shows you like trading is, it's a very unique activity. But a lot of the skills are transferable because there's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that you've learned elsewhere that you can apply that people don't often think about. And on the other side of that, there is there are things that you've learned that now you need to unlearn. Mm. So, you know, so give me an example me, of those. Like for me, when I first started, um, you know, because I've worked at Blue Collar for so long and really the way to succeed is to just power through and to go fast and, you know, burn yourself at both ends of the candle, you know? Right. And when I got into trading, like I was, that is, that was such my mentality is just like push through. I have such a high pain tolerance, such a high stress tolerance. And it was just like, I'd be losing. And it was just like, I could just push through. I could push through. Um, 
And that was something that I needed to like relearn that this is different. Like the market doesn't care if you're pushing, if you're pushing really hard or if you're, you know, taking thousands of trades or like, you know, whatever it is, the the market does not care. So you have to like rein it in and figure (laughs) out how to calm yourself down. And it's not necessarily like, you know, first one there like wins. It's like, consistency and steady progression wins and that that is has not been my mentality ever in life like I'm always like I gotta be there I gotta be first you know um so that's been interesting to like unlearn those kinds of things wow yeah no that's that's a that's a great uh example and a great statement you're right you have to unlearn some of this stuff as well so but that leads to psychology which is one of those underrated elements in trading like Mm -hmm. you'd think it's uh it's a technical exercise, right? If I learn how to trade, that's about learning technical setups and the way things work, which is part of it, as we've talked about. But maybe you can talk about the psychological aspects, because I find that, like you said, managing that, you know, yourself and and managing your own brain, if you will, is really the path to success long term. How have you managed your own psychology to be successful? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting for me, because ever since I like had that life kind of changing moment when I was back in my 20s like right. to overhaul my life I've been on like this path of trying to better myself um are you saying you're not in your 20s I, I don't believe it I'm not I'm not but everybody <laughs> thinks I am but honestly Peter, if you were here you would see this gray hair on top uh, of my head <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that then all right you're you're no. you're you're 20 you know 2012 you're, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my mid-30s. Okay, um, but well, hey, you're 2015 this plant, then. <laughs> this is what plant-based does for people, right? It just makes them look young forever. Fantastic. <laughs> I like um, the plug. All right, keep it up. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, uh, I've always, like, really enjoyed bettering myself. I've always been the one to read, like, self-help books and just, like, you know, a, tons of nonfiction things. And um, when I got into trading... And I started to realize these things about myself that I had never recognized. Like it really shines a spotlight on where you struggle and Mm. like the things that you've been able to just brush under the rug. Um, And so, you know, for me, you know, patience, obviously um, um, rethinking, like I'm always very quick to jump into things. um, And this has taught me that that's one of those things that I need to work on. So taking a step back and looking at psychology, um, I think it's a huge part. I think it's more like 90% of trading, right? Because like you can have all of the tools in the world. You can have the best platform. You could have hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if you don't know yourself and you don't know how to control yourself, then you're screwed. Like (laughs) (laughs) you might get lucky. You might get really, really lucky. But I think knowing yourself is so, so key in this game. And um, I think it's super important. I, you know, we are so lucky to have Prada as one of the, you know, you know, performance coaches in BBT. And she has been so incredible in, you know, shining a light on things that need to, um, things that you can do to help yourself. So, you know, a couple of things that I've put into practice that I've learned from her is, you know, the affirmations, like right. I used to write affirmations, but I never thought about listening to them. Um, so I have them recorded in my own voice and it's super weird. And yeah, I, I do it too. Um, and it is weird, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's surprisingly so effective, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's almost like 
the only person you'll ever listen to is your own voice. <laughs> so like if someone else is recording it, you probably wouldn't listen to it. Um, or you probably wouldn't take it in, but yeah, so that, and then like, I've always been one to, you know, do vision boards and manifestation exercises and things like that. But I've, again, I've never written it down and recorded the audio and played the audio to myself. So those kinds of things have been really interesting and great to like amplify my psychology and really put me in the mindset for trading and rem and to remember why I'm trading and to right. remember that, you know, it's a long game and, you, you know, you're, you're not an idiot. You're just learning, <laughs> you know? Yes. So with it being that important, and, and I, I agree with you completely that it's 80, 90% of the game is, is managing that psychological, you know, aspect to it. Um, what advice would you have for a new trader who's like, how do you get started at learning the psychology in your experience? Like what, you know, if somebody says, look, I, I want to figure out this trading thing. I've got all the tools. Now what? Um, what would you direct them so that they could figure out how to, to start to learn themselves, get to know themselves better? You know, I think something that someone could start with is obviously when you start trading, you know, you're going to be in sim and you're going to be like taking all kinds of trades and you're going to be wild and, you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I think that um, one thing you can do is you can have a recorder on and you can talk out loud while you're trading um, and play and play it back because you'll find that you have called yourself names. You've called the market names. You've told yourself out loud, I probably shouldn't take this. And then you took it. <laughs> and I think that like being able to see those things that are happening when you're, you're so enveloped in the, in the process of trading that it's hard to sometimes see them. And so if you can't immediately recognize these problems that you're having and that you need to work on, I think, I think recording yourself talking while you're trading can be a huge benefit. And help you pull out those things that now you need to work on. And then once you've found the things that you need to work on, then you can find, figure out what the tools are to work on those things. So whether it's, you know, you know, affirmations or visualization exercises, or um, you just need to meditate more because you're just angry, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is like, um, yeah. It, yeah, I think that's that's probably the advice I would give. No, and that's sage advice. I love it. Yeah, I always tell people the same thing. Record it. You'd be surprised. And talk, even just talking out loud, whether you record and play it back or not, mm. it's amazing when you when you force yourself to speak the actions that you're about to take or the things that you're thinking. That sometimes, mm -hmm. like I, I will do it. And again, you got to be careful. There's other people in your in your trading location that are going to think you're crazy. But but talking to yourself out loud, sometimes you'll hear yourself and you're like, what, what am I doing? Like, or what am I saying? That's not, I don't want to do that, right? But if yeah. you didn't say it out loud, you might just convince yourself to do it. Whereas sometimes when you hear, you actually hear yourself, you're like, that, that's probably not a good idea. Let's not do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of similar to like, I, I've thought about that in a way of like, if someone was sitting next to me and I was talking right. through the trade and trying to tell them how to take the trade. Yep what would I, what would I say? And if I'm saying out loud, that doesn't, I don't know, I'm unsure about that. Then why would you ever tell someone else to do it? Right. No, good. I mean, that, I, that's, that's great advice and something that people should practice more of. So, um, trading and you made me think you when you said having someone sit beside you obviously we don't right because we're all sitting here at home alone and it, like you don't have that built-in coach and that support have you found it isolating i mean as someone who works in restaurants and have worked with people throughout what you did have you found it difficult to just sit alone in front of a computer um 
you know, it's less difficult as far as like socialization goes. Mm. It's more difficult for me physically. Like, okay. I just want to be moving and doing stuff. So that's something I have to be very mindful of and aware of that. Like, I just need to get up and go for a walk or I need to go for right. a run or I need to cycle or something. Um, but the, the socialization aspect has been kind of, um, it's been, it's been helped by being a part of a community, which I think is so important. I, mm don't know that I would be where I am if I hadn't started with BBT. Like just to have people around you that are talking about the same thing you're talking about, because it's pretty, not only is it isolating as far as being in front of a computer by yourself all day, but most, I want to say 99% of people don't know what the hell you're talking about when you bring (laughs) it up to them. Like they have no idea. So like even just being with people that like can speak the same language as you, um, I think it's super important. And then from BBT, I've, you know, started, I became a part of a couple of different Slack groups and had the support of those Slack groups um, to share trades with people and go over, you know, goals and all these things that we're working on. Um, it's interesting, even though that like my other job, I would be more likely to be in the presence of other people. I feel a greater sense of community being a trader than I have as a chef because- wow. Being, yeah, I mean, being a trader, like everybody wants everybody to win. Like everybody wants everybody to do a great job and, you know, we support each other and help each other. And it's not like if I make a hundred dollars today from the market, like that doesn't mean that the market has a hundred dollars less to give you. Like (laughs) we're all, we can all make money if we like, you know, play our trades right and, and, you know, work on all the things we need to work on. But you know, there's a lot of other jobs and being a chef included in that, that where it's cutthroat. I mean, you want to, you got to be the best just to like, you know, get a job or, right. um, you know, people are trying to be better than each other in that sort of way. And yeah, I've, I found such a huge sense of community and support being a trader and it's been really nice. And honestly, I cannot wait for the world to go back to some, what of a normal thing so that we can all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the things that we do. I feel like we're plugging the community a lot, which is not intentional, but it's a big part of our trading experience, I guess, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the things we do are those meetups that I, it's great. I love getting out there and being able to go and, and meet with our traders and, and face-to-face because, you know, it, it puts a, a face to a lot of the screen names that you see and and yeah. it, it is a, it is sort of a different uh, social aspect. You know, you mentioned about um, 99% of the people have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I you're, you're absolutely right. It's funny that way in trading, right? Like it's important to find people that, you know, even if you're just making a joke that you, sometimes you make a market joke and nobody gets it, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just not trading in the markets. Or I get the other thing, you know, less so now because, of course, we're not, I don't get to see anybody with COVID. But you, you ever go to like a social event and people are like, oh, you're a trader. Hey, do you think I should buy Apple long term? Oh, my God. It, I mean, it happens even when you're not in a social event. Like talk about like G, um, GME, right? Like, yeah. my God, GameStop. I, the amount of text messages I got, right. like, you know, and, and I, and I get them now too, just from, you know, you know, my parents or, you know, friends, like, right. should I invest in this thing? And I'm like, I don't think you understand what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's like, I have no idea. You know, that's always my answer. I'm, I don't know. I'm like the, yeah, the technical indicators today say, sure, why not? But I don't know what to tell exactly. you Exactly. I always tell them, I say, you know, you ask me at about 9.20 tomorrow morning before the markets open, then I'll tell you what, what to do over the next couple of hours, maybe. 
but you know, yeah. more than that, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I used the analogy the other day to say, you know, it's sort of like, uh, it, you know, like we're the groundskeepers, at, you know, let's say at a big stadium and someone comes up and says, hey, you know, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? And you're like, I don't know. I just keep the field. Why do you think I would know who's going to win based on being a groundskeeper? It, it's sort of the same to me, the same analogy here in the markets. Totally. <laughs> Very totally. different job. Anyways, awesome. Um, last question I really, really wanted to ask you was that, um, you know, in in uh, trading, it's typically been considered sort of a, or typically has been, you know, Wall Street seen as this male dominated, ego driven type environment. Have you found um, any barriers sort of being a, a woman in trading? Because the markets don't care, right? The markets will take your money no matter who you are. And if you're good, hopefully they'll, they'll give you some winnings. Um, how's it been for you? Um, you know, it's been it's been good. It's funny because when I first started with BBT, I... Um, I was really nervous about being female in a very, Mm. very male dominated industry. So when I signed up to be a part of BBT, I created a guy's name for my account. And I went under that name for, I don't know, a month or so. And until I realized how supportive people are in general in the trading world. And I was like, that's okay. I can be a female in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, it's, kind of like being like the outlier like you know just to just to be like women like to show people women can do this too Mm -hmm. like it isn't a male you know like it's not completely a male industry like there are women traders out there and and we can trade just as well as men can and i think the more women we have stepping up being like i can trade i can trade you know um i think it will you know over time hopefully change the imbalance that there seems to be yeah, well, I think that's that's one of those perceptive imbalances because you're right. I mean, women can trade at least as well as men. And, and uh, in our room, it always amazes me how many women there are. I honestly don't know, but I've got to believe, you know, we're getting closer to parity than people would think. Uh, because, you know, again, you know, being able to do it remotely, all of the tools we've got to work from home, you know, it is a great equalizer, not only between genders, but from, you know, social economic backgrounds and geography, and it doesn't matter anymore, right? You can trade no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what background you come from. Exactly. so, and that's one of the things that, that I love about it. Well, you know, Megan, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. It's fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. Well, you know, it's it's our pleasure. And I, I'll raise a glass to you and toast with, with a drink. So cheers to your cheers. trading journey and your future success. You got to take a drink or it's bad luck so before you put oh. it down. It's right. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, thanks so much. Um, And uh, we'll uh, be back again with another episode um, soon on Talk With Traders. Thanks, Megan. Take care. Thanks, Peter.